Welcome to Grace Point Direct, a place that helps us all connect just a little bit deeper into our church. I'm your host, Taylor Wood. The goal of all these podcasts is to inform about the different things that's going on in the church, yes, but also to dig just a little bit deeper in some of the topics that we should all find interesting. We'll be dropping a new episode each week, so make sure to subscribe so you'll get notified when it hits. Also, download the Grace Point app where you'll find up-to-date information on upcoming events, audio from Mike's latest sermon, and a place to send in prayer requests and connect with our pastoral staff. Today, we've got episode number 14 in our More Than a Ministry series where we'll get to know our staff in a way that maybe you haven't gotten to yet. And I'm so fortunate to sit with um, someone that I've already had on a a little bit of a podcast before, um, Miss Sarah Coffey, to sit and talk about her. So what's up, Sarah? Welcome. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited to be on here. (laughs) Yes. You were excited last time, and I get it. And I'm excited this time. I was excited last time. I'm going to be excited every time, probably. I know. That's true. That's true. So the cool thing about this episode, Sarah, is we don't have to um, spend much time talking about how awesome you are because we did that on Tyler's episode. So we, I think it, I don't know what it was. And to be honest with you, I think I may have even cut some of it out. I was uh-huh. like, I was like, okay, we get it. You know, Sarah's awesome. Like, no, no, but, but yeah, yeah, we, uh, we definitely um, uh, spent some time talking about uh, you on his, but anyways, I agree with him. <laughs> well, it was very over-the-top kind, <laughs> but I appreciated it. <laughs> do you listen to the uh, episodes? I do. Every Monday morning when yep. I drive to work, mm-hmm. I always turn it on and look forward to it. Or yep. I'll, for some reason, have gotten cut short on the last one, so I have to finish that one in, All right. my, in my drive. But I love it. So in my little podcast player app, I use Pocket Cast. Um, I started sorting everything by latest episode, and mm-hmm. then I also did it to where it archives everything you watch. So now I'm in this weird mode of I have to wa- I have to I say watch listen I have to listen to things to get them off the front page. Oh. You know? So now it's like I have to I've I've unfollowed a couple of channels that I follow because I'm like I can't keep you up. Can't with this. keep it's up. Too many. It's too much. They keep showing up. <laughs> the homepage has to be clean. Has to be, no, I can't I can't have it. So, well, again, welcome. Super excited to have you on. Um, and let's jump in. How about yeah, that? I'm ready. So, talk to us a little bit about uh where you're from. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler did some of that, but let's forget he even exists. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. He's that sounds just, really harsh. That's a bit harsh. Tyler, I'm sorry. I know you're listening. I'm sorry. Sorry, Tyler. Yeah. Um, but where are you from? Uh, okay. Give us a little bit of um, maybe if in case people hadn't listened to his episode, introduce mm-hmm. you guys a little bit. Uh, where are you from? And then what was family life like for you? Okay. So I am originally from Bettendorf, Iowa, which I explained to people that Iowa, not to be confused with Idaho because people think it's known for its potatoes, but we're known for our corn. Corn, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Well, who are had, these uncultured people I that you've talked to? I have had too many conversations. Not that I'm super passionate about that specific <laughs> Correcting thing, but that. it yeah. just always comes up. Right. Um, but I always explain that that my hometown, um, Iowa, is a big rectangle, and there's a little mm. nose on the side that nudges into Illinois, and I yeah. was right on the tip of that nose. Oh, so okay. we were about 10 minutes from the Mississippi River and going into Illinois, but cool. I grew up there, um, and it was just a good place to live. We lived out in the country growing up. Nice. So there's a cornfield behind our house, but it was all lined with pine trees, which was mm. the best. And then yeah. there's a creek down be- behind our house, and I have four siblings. Mm-hmm. 
I'm the middle of all of them. And so um, an older brother, older sister, and two younger twin sisters. And oh, yeah. uh, so we would always just be down at the creek having fun and yeah. <laughs> playing in the creek would come back muddy and all that stuff. But um, it was such a good memory living there. So Absolutely. Is it easy it. to live in the country uh, where you're from? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so of, easy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was just nice and uh, lots of gravel roads and mm-hmm. we'd always wi- ride our bikes along there but right. it was so fun lots of good memories there. Absolutely. So. Do you do you uh also prescribe yourself that middle child stigma of like I'm definitely the middle child? I I think so. I feel yeah. like it's changed at times but um and I've heard mixed things about being the middle child but what when, when I was the middle child child i was always the peacemaker so my twin sisters would dang up on each other and then my older brother and older sister would be danging up on each other and i'd be like okay guys let's settle this like that's what that's what kind of happened but um yeah i kind of empathize with your older brother just a little bit i wasn't Uh the old one i was i'm second to last um but being the lone boy with the girls has its own struggles. We'll just say it has uh-huh. its own struggles. Oh, he had, he expressed this. He always <laughs> said, I wish I had a brother instead. And we're like, what? <laughs> we can't change it now. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's already been yeah, done. But right. um, he made sure we, we all got to do the same things that he loves and right. all that. So we got along well. Awesome. But. Awesome. So uh, if someone runs into you when you were a kid, mm-hmm. uh, you, you had that middle child complex thing going on, but... Uh, you know, you're at school on the playground, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do they run into? Who are they interacting with? I was just a goofy kid. Um, I would ha- always wear these white socks with my tennis shoes, and I'd have to hike them up over oh, my yeah. knee, like. Okay. <laughs> Over that's not a sock. Knee. That's a stocking. <laughs> I know. That's a stocking it was at that point. so weird. And I, I did it for several years and my mom always got on to me, but yeah. I kept on doing it uh, for some reason. <laughs> um, but I was very much so the rule follower. Um, right. And I, I also, I was just, I thought one way was right. One way was wrong. Um, and my nickname was Sassy Sarah. Uh, because, Ooh. yeah, which most people they are like, oh no, Sarah, you'd never be like that. But that was who I was, and wow. probably still am. <laughs> I can't. I, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna go along with that a little bit because it'd be real easy because you are so nice and kind. It'd be real easy to be like, "Oh, it's just Sarah." But actually, I've seen you get really passionate about different things. Yes, I, like I sassy Sarah. Some things I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna fight about that. That's okay. But right. some things I'm like, okay, this is it. This <laughs> is what I'm gonna. Right. And the pursuit. So, right. Yeah. So, you get into um, those formative teenage years. What what interests you? How are you spending your time? Mm-hmm. So, I loved spending time with friends. Mm. Um, and I was in both, both playing volleyball since elementary school through high school and then uh, doing theater. And so, it was two oh. very different places and kinds of people that I was hanging out with. But I loved that. Like, right. I just wanted to be around all types of people. Um, yeah. And so, and then just working a lot. I worked at a grocery store. Ooh, doing yes. checking? Uh, yes. Well, you couldn't just jump into checking. You oh. had to be a courtesy clerk first, wow. which is their own specific name for the entry-level job. Basically, you're cleaning all the bathrooms, you're <laughs> yeah. bagging the groceries, you right. push carts in and out. And so that's uh-huh. what I did at a, a grocery store called Hy-Vee that's popular in the Midwest. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it, but some people have when it they've passed like through. It seems like a bad name, though. I don't know. I know. Hy-Vee. It's, it's strange. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. But I started as a courtesy clerk, 
when I was 16. And then you have to work your way up to be a cashier. That Ooh. was like the next level. So eventually I got there and right. it was it was fun. I really That's enjoyed a good it. skill set to have. You never know. You uh-huh. know, if you need to go back to checking bags or something, you know. I know. I love to try and race and see how fast <sighs> I could uh, get all the groceries through, but yeah. that's yeah. just what I did. World's largest grocer <laughs> here. Yeah, that's got to be applicable somehow. I, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> it's fun, fun when I go through the self checkout. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, you're looking at everyone around you like. Ridiculous. Ridic- I mean, you did put you really... the meat with the cereal. That's just a no go. <laughs> what a nude mistake. <laughs> what a mistake. Uh, so, um, three episodes ago, one, two, three episodes ago, Tim talked about his. Uh, he loved the arts and stuff like that. And he talked uh-huh. about some of the roles that he was uh, a part of. Uh-huh. So you said you're in theater. Yes. Uh, what was one of your first roles that you did? One of my first roles. Oh, Taylor. <laughs> I wish it could be um, some really great I, role. I actually don't wish it's that. I wish it's something really funny. <laughs> okay. Like, well, then hold on. Hold on. To, <laughs> hold on tight. Because I, um, what? how old was I? Was I in junior high or something? And it was my very first time I'd taken a class at this local theater. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know, I was telling my mom, I said, I'm really going to try. I'm going to go audition for Robin Hood. That seemed like a really fun play. Yeah. I couldn't sing. And they would always do musicals. Oh, and right. so this was not a musical. And I oh. said, Here's my chance. So right. I go in, you um, prepare a monologue, which is this minute-long little snippet of some speech or piece of a play that you right. want to perform in front of everyone. So I do it, and it was this, like, sassy waitress monologue. Don't oh, ask okay. me why I picked that sassy for Sarah. Robin. <laughs> oh, we get it, yeah. Oh, for Robin, right, yeah. No. Uh, but I did. Doth thou need more straws? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Super strange bit. Anyways, um, I'll question a lot of those decisions I made when I was younger. Yeah. But I go in, and then I did a call later. The The cast um, posting was about to come out, Ooh. and I did a call, and they said, Hey, Sarah, we just loved your monologue, but we just don't think you'd be a good fit for this play. And I oh, said, are you serious? And then they said, but... We have a special role for you. And oh, I said, no. I don't know. Where is this thing going? And they said, we want you to be Showtime Pal, which is our clown mascot for the theater. And I said, are you kidding me? And of course, I had not learned boundaries and being able to say no in junior high. So I said, of right. course, I'd love to. Of course, to. I'd love to. Right. I know. So oh, um, somewhere there are pictures of me in a clown suit. And I got up on stage before every showing of Robin Hood and was a clown telling the history of this local theater. It, not my finest memory. I don't like clowns. I said, I I'm can't so even look in the right mirror. Now. I don't even know how to, I want to be like, that's hilarious. But then also I want to say, I could see how that would be really cool to have yeah. like, I don't, I don't know. I'm so torn. I know how it's like, uh, it's kind of one of my go-tos for when I do, well, I'm giving it away, but when I do two truths and a lie, oh. like saying I've been <sighs> a clown before. You know, that's, it's just kind of weird and obscure, but yeah. so now I can't use that one. It's a great memory, though. Yes. I know that it's probably something you have to deal with, but I'm really glad it happened because now we have something really cool to talk about uh-huh. on this podcast. Yeah, so. being a clown. 
Okay, being a clown. <laughs> yeah, awesome. That was one of my first roles and then <laughs> thankfully it switched and I was able to do some different ones after that. But I were, almost quit then. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure. The next script comes across the table they're like, "Hey, where was that sassy clown?" Yeah. <laughs> Who was that sassy clown? This she would be perfect for this. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Let's put her in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's your yeah, your strengths on your uh-huh. uh, the theater sassy clown. Gosh. That's hilarious. Uh, okay, so in uh, taking up some of your time with the uh-huh. theater, but hanging with friends, things like that. Yes. Talk about after high school, um, you know, uh, continuing education, whatever you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you eventually made your way from uh, Iowa to Northwest Arkansas uh-huh. or somewhere. Somewhere in now. between. Somewhere. There was somewhere in yeah. between. And that in between was Ozark Christian College. So you came it, from high school to OCC? Yes. Okay. Um, and it was just a weird decision. O- Ozark was eight and a half hours away from my hometown. But our lead pastor at my home church went there. His brother was a professor there. Okay. And they were just yeah. so impactful um, to me like in making that decision. And so I... I started praying about it, and I said, okay, I, for some reason, think this is the place I'm supposed to go. And so yeah. I did and loved it there. And we have several other staff members who right, have shared yeah. they've been there. It's and a nice so, little network of folks, it seems like. Yes. So uh, you mentioned your pastor. Like, church was a part of your life. Yes. Uh, did you grow up in church? I grew up in church. Um and gave my life to the Lord when I was nine. Um, my whole family went to church, and um, my mom especially. I was homeschooled most of the time growing up, and mm-hmm. then went to a small Christian school. And yeah. my mom really poured into us and made sure um, that we got to hear about Jesus every day in some sort of way. And so she right. was—I'm so thankful for her in that because she yeah. played a huge part of that in my life. You, you and I both know that there's— this faith that you have that's poured into you as a kid and as mm-hmm. a teen, and then you step into that first phase of adulthood, mm-hmm. and there's something that solidifies in you, or at least you start searching and trying to figure out what you really actually believe. Yes. So talk a little bit about being at OCC, still trying to come into your own um, you know, belief-wise. Yeah. What were some formative experiences you had there that you feel like really shaped you as um, a believer, but also even as a young professional or, you know, as a young adult thinking about uh, what's next for me or, yes. you know, you know what I'm interested in, things like that. Yeah. So I'll actually rewind a little bit just real quick to back to high school. Um, my parents um, went through a divorce that took place during my high school years, mm. and it was just you know, they're always messy. <laughs> yeah. um, and that was a very formative experience. And so that was one of the factors that made me go to OCC. And so Mm. I decided to study counseling and psychology there um, for the purpose of I wanted to love on families who had been through that um, and specifically families uh, with kids who are differently abled. That was what my plan was or my my little plan. And so um, I went to Ozark then and it was just the the first semester you spend really processing a lot of your story and what has happened thus far and then also diving into scripture in ways that you hadn't before. Mm, and so that right. both of those things I just remembered being exhausted my freshman year because you're processing all processing all kinds of things that have happened along the way and trying to learn and yeah. it was just all of the good things, but all the hard things at the same time. And right. so um, I was very thankful for a lot of those professors. They really spent time digging into it and right. just caring for me during that time. Right. But that was an especially formative experience for me. Sure. Um, 
yeah. know the OCC isn't necessarily a seminary, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> what part of that was interesting to you? So you did, you did counseling um, and uh, what was it with? Psychology. Psychology, that's right. Yes. I should have known that because that was my first major. Yes. Too, I, don't <laughs> mean, I don't know how to connect that. But anyways, uh, counseling and psychology, uh, when you get there, but what part of that, um, those deep biblical mm-hmm. uh, focuses, uh, was that interesting to you? Um, did that help you? solidify some things maybe in belief wise but you know OCC is kind of an interesting mix of just regular school and seminary uh-huh. it's kind of interesting yes and so they I I especially love the classes where we just spent the whole entire semester studying one specific book of the Bible mm. so my first semester of freshman year um, they always ask every freshman incoming student to take an apps class and we go through the book of okay, apps right. um, and those and then you do this thing called an exegetical and which is this yeah. huge crazy long paper that paper that did steep into a passage from Acts. Right. And so um you just got to spend a lot of time leaning into each of the specific words that were written and yeah. um learning about how it was applied to the readers then and to those who are hearing it then, but also to you now. And so both of those um right. I felt like Ozark did a great job at leaning into both of those and uh, mm-hmm. talking about the original context and the intended reader for right. it. Um, but then also how it applies to your story. Right. And so, um, the, yeah. So you met Tyler mm-hmm. at OCC? Yes. I met him my freshman year. Um, well, I was, that wasn't distracting. I mean, oh, those no. big, beautiful <laughs> eyes and oh, he does have those, those strong, muscular eyes. feet. <laughs> he has, Tyler, uh, 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 Tyler has really really big legs he i don't know does. how to say that weird like they're like muscular big yes i don't know how, like <laughs> he is incredibly strong the guy yeah. can climb things yeah and it it just blows me away he's yeah. incredible so so you get the distraction of a hunk i know i um mm. i met him my freshman year it was one of the first few weeks there and i spent a lot of time hanging out with um the guys on his floor and got to hang out with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ended up becoming friends over the years. And then actually it was a play that kind of started us dating. And I was auditioning. They were looking for a sassy clown? Yes. How'd you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I go in and they're um, doing A Tale of Two Cities. Okay. And it was not a musical again. It's right. just a play. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And so I go to audition and then, all of a sudden, Tyler and a friend of ours walk in and tell me they're kind of auditioning like a little bit as a joke. They've never done this before. They don't think they're going to do it, but they do it. Yeah. And Tyler ends up getting the lead role of what? the play, of course. <laughs> so weird. He didn't even bring this up. How did? So weird. Yeah. Um, and then I got a smaller part, but we basically end up dying in the end of the play together <laughs> via a guillotine it was just oh super my. dramatic yeah. um and then i had to kiss his cheek at Ooh. the very end of the play and so then everyone even before it all happened was like oh sarah and tyler this is happening <laughs> is this it's, a play through occ yes yes i can see that it's a small bible it's college censored, so everyone's censored where like yeah, yeah yes yeah. and so um yeah. that's that's what happened and a lot of the time all those auditions and stuff the auditions and then rehearsals we got to spend a lot of time together and then mm-hmm. outside of that and then we started dating and yeah here we are <laughs> did he go to colorado after that after that right um, or no was that a uh 
little gap there. Yes. So he had gone to Colorado a couple summers throughout college, even while we were just friends. And then um, we had started dating. And that summer following after the play, he went to Colorado. And then I worked as a summer rep for our Mm -hmm. college, traveling around to different camps and telling about Ozark and Jesus. And so we spent that summer apart, but I actually got to go visit him out there uh, during that time, which was super neat to see this place that he loves so much. Right, right. So after OCC, after college, you guys um, come down here. He has already been involved at Grace Point, Mm -hmm. which I'm assuming is your introduction into Grace Point in some way. Yes. Um, But you said something that was interesting earlier, um, that going into college with the counseling and the uh, psychology Mm -hmm. focus specifically toward families with differently abled kids. Yes. That's odd for an 18-year-old to like have that perspective and that frame of mind or not yes. odds the wrong word. I would say it's not normal. You know, it's not like to have that kind of grasp on yeah. a specified thing. What was it that pushed you toward that? Yeah. So there, there's this whole story that's happening behind. And then throughout the way, God has just um, placed different people in my life who have deeply impacted me. And it started through a friendship at church when I was nine years old. And Mm. um, now I know, uh, I just remember all my friends who would kind of pick on her because she maybe acted a little different or would talk during the story or things like that. And I remember just thinking, hey, isn't this church? Like, aren't we supposed to be nice to each other? That's That's what I asked my mom when I was nine. And so... Um, The peacemaker. Yes, the peacemaker. (laughs) Trying to figure all those things out. And so um, after after meeting her, I decided to start helping at Special Olympics when I was Mm. nine years old as a volunteer. Um, And just... And it's just a crazy story of how God puts the right people in your life. And so I had a lot of friendships with people who were differently abled um, growing up and then all throughout high school. And then, you know, I get to Ozark and that very first week I tell people... I don't know what this looks like, but I want to work with people who are differently abled. And that was right. the one way that I could see it really happening is through that counseling aspect. Um, right. And then someone came up to me and they said, Sarah, I heard that you want to care for these people. There's a ministry here in town called Through the Roof, referring to Mark 2, when mm. some friends carry their friend through the roof right. to meet Jesus. And she said, it's a ministry for people who are differently abled, teenagers and adults, to come and hear about Jesus. And I said, are you kidding me? I'd never heard of this before. Yeah. So um, I'd go and show up in my very first week of college, started serving at that ministry. And that was my very first interaction with this kind of place and support. And I loved it. And I said, after that, though, I had had all these plans for going into college for what I was going to do. I said, I don't know what this looks like. These ministries aren't necessarily common, but I was excited and I knew that's kind of what I want to do in whatever capacity it can look like. You can't deny that, right? I mean, like just being that young and being attracted to actually getting involved um, in that type of ministry work or that type of just work in general, being having that interest is an undeniable gifting and Holy Spirit push into how God's gifted you. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a big deal. I think it's it's so cool to, to see how you're here now doing that, right? And that I, 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 even if you look at getting involved in Through the Roof, mm-hmm. which is all about 
making things accessible to mm-hmm. those around you that need it, right? Uh-huh. To go ahead and start segueing that in, right? Yes. Um, but uh, <laughs> but even to your heart for how we do what was at one time coined special needs ministry, yes. but now is is taking a whole different form. So talk to just a little bit on inside of you and your heart of changing that perspective, you know, going from, um, I want to, you know, someone who's gets, um, you know, has the heart for helping others and like mm-hmm. that. And all they, all they've ever heard is special needs ministry, special mm-hmm. needs ministry and special needs individuals and things like that. Yeah. You're, you're really championing, um, some different vocabulary around that and, yes. and a different perspective, if you will, around that. So speak to your heart on that just a little bit of, of how that needs to change some in the church yeah, and uh, what maybe access we have into the future with that. Yes. So it, I always tell people um, the friendships that from when I started when I was nine to now at 23 have just been the most impactful for me. And mm-hmm. what I've mostly learned from a lot of my friends, though they are all different and unique, um, is I have seen all their gifts and talents come to fruition and being fully a part of the mm. church. And that is yeah. when um, they come alive and they are fully in community. And that's what yeah. I desire. That's what I want. And so um, yeah. the special needs ministry, the the process of language and vocabulary and what's right or what's wrong is, um, you know, it varies from person to person. But I really just want to go back to my friends and ask their opinion because their opinion matters most. Like, who am I to speak on it? Um, And so I always go back to them. But it's it's come a long way. You know, we don't use the R word when (laughs) at one time that was said. And then it went to um, disability or special needs. And now we're, as a church, moving to this language of people who are differently abled because we all are differently abled, right? Sure. (laughs) But we all have still different, unique gifts and talents to bring and to come to the table with. And all are welcome um, here at church. You know, no one is excluded from that. And so what we're we're going through and as we are reassessing, like, what's our true mission of this ministry? Is it just a special needs ministry with an arrow pointing to (laughs) these sensory rooms? No, it's, it's not. And so uh, we have kind of rebranded it, renamed it to Accessibility with mm-hmm. a capital A in the middle, because what we say is we desire to make the gospel accessible to all people, knowing that they are fully able to know God, love people, and live sin. And right. you're like, the gospel accessible, well, I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, Jesus is for everyone. The gospel right. is for everyone. But is it accessible in the way that... When someone even comes to church on a Sunday morning, that they can be comfortable enough and feel included and invited in enough, enough that they can hear the story of Jesus and understand it and feel that they are welcome and fully apart. Right. You know, and so that is our mission is that we want to make it accessible and we do so through these sensory rooms, which are these calming spaces where we do a lesson in there, just mm-hmm. whatever kids are learning or students are learning. Right. We talk about the exact same thing in our rooms. Yeah. Or if it's through, um, we call our volunteers buddies. If mm-hmm. it's through a trained buddy being paired with one of these kids and going out into GP kids yeah. and learning about Jesus there. Right. Um, or we have a mini like sensory space in the back of GP kids where if they're feeling overwhelmed from the lesson, they can go back there and then take a few minutes and then rejoin the rest of their group. Right. And then knowing in turn, they are fully able to 
be a disciple who makes disciples. Right. To know God, love people, and love sin just like everyone else. Absolutely. And so going back to those friendships and college and growing up, <laughs> um, they have taught me a lot about the ways that they lead me and knowing Jesus better. So mm, my friends right. would lead worship and they would do it through sign language. They would do it through singing. They would do it through um, getting out of their wheelchair and being on their hands and knees and just mm. lifting up their hands to Jesus. And right. or um, I always tell my friends, I said, look, some of the sounds you communicate, I don't always understand, <laughs> right. but I know you are still lifting up worship to right. Jesus just as anyone else is in this room. Absolutely. And in, in probably a, a, a pure form that, that some mm-hmm. people don't even get to, to experience due to their own uh, inhibitions, you know, yes. uh, of that. And, and uh, let me say, I, I love when you talk about the church isn't the church without everyone. Yes. Right. And if we're leaving people behind, then the church isn't fully a representation of mm-hmm. what it can be. Right. Now you've, you've done some of that. And honestly, Sarah, this should be a concept that most everyone should get because this is the same conversations going through schools right now through education It's the same concept going through lots of different reform topics of in our society of man we're just leaving people behind they don't have to be left behind Mm -hmm. you know and then like and all it takes is a little bit of thought of saying Mm -hmm. you know how do we make this accessible to more folks yes uh so i definitely appreciate that and uh you know, if, if you're listening and interested in what Sarah was talking about, definitely get a hold of her and talk about that. Um, but let's talk more about you. And um, I know that you've been doing pottery. Yes. That's been fun. It has been so fun. Have you made, have you made Tyler's coffee cup yet? I have not. So I started taking um, classes at this local mm-hmm. pottery studio, Fifth Street Studio. Um, I started taking classes and then... I was like, man, what's a way that we can keep doing this? So sweet, Tyler. Oh, I love him. <laughs> he, he made me a pottery wheel out of a um, a hanging ceiling light. Just an old one that he picked up at Habitat for oh. Humanity. Put this whole red together. So yeah. that, and we have it in our garage. And so it doesn't work. Do you have to pull the string? Like yes. And so he is so That's kind. Funny. It just uh, so you can you can do your you can do your pottery on low, medium, or high. Uh huh. Exactly. Like, like, <laughs> and so we did that in the That's meantime awesome. while we got yeah. to save for a pottery reel because they are so expensive. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. But and then he said the only condition is that I have to teach him. So I'm gonna there teach go. him, but I'm still gonna get to his pottery cup. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I have loved it. It's just like a good way to get my mind off things and give myself a, a break and we don't have kids right now. So that's yeah. a lot easier for us yeah. uh, to have a hobby on the side. But um, yeah, I have loved it so much. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I look forward to enjoying some type of uh, pot or uh, cup yes. or something at some point in the future as well. If so. I can get good. Yeah. I have no <laughs> doubt. I have no doubt. Um, well, I appreciate you sitting with me on this episode. Uh, if, again, if you want to learn more about Sarah, you can find her um, in the hallway there. That kind of connects the uh, worship center building to the student center building. It's just right through those double doors. You can email her at sarah at gracepointchurch.net and ask more questions about the ministry that she leads here at Grace Point and get involved. And also maybe put an order in for a future uh, ceramic of some sort. Or, I don't know. Yeah. Business. That's all right. Yeah. Business. Yeah. Yes. You have to pay, though. Have to pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't leave a hand. <laughs> uh, make sure to subscribe in whatever way that you're listening to this podcast right now so that you will be notified whenever these podcasts hit. 
on a weekly basis. Also, make sure to get that new Grace Point app. It's got so many great features to it you can give through the app. Uh, but also, probably most importantly, you can get in touch with our pastoral staff and uh, send in prayer requests or praise requests and uh, just share um, the joy of the Lord and also the burden of the life that we have to live together. Um, as we all know, as Grace Pointers, we always want to show and share Jesus in everyday conversation with everyday people. Live sent.